Hello there, I'm Benny. And I'm Kyle. Welcome to The Doctor's Watcher. The podcast where I watch Doctor Who and I tell you about it. Hi Kyle. How's it going, Benny? So good, I'm glad it's Friday. Absolutely. It has been a busy week, but I've been looking forward to recording this episode tonight. Yeah, this is kind of our like treat at the end of the week. I'm actually <laughs> up here tonight. I'm up here again tomorrow night. We're recording more Doctor's Watcher. It's going to be a blast. Indeed. However, there's a particular reason that I've been looking forward to this episode tonight, Benny. And you don't know what that reason is yet, because I haven't told you. It's not that it's Daleks. <laughs> well, that's part of it. <laughs> but there's another reason. There is... Uh, I'm just trying to decide how much context I want to give you for this. But there is a piece of audio that I'm going to play for you. Okay. And uh, I guess at this point, it's some audio that our listeners have probably heard a bit, but you haven't heard yet at all. And all I'm going to say is that uh, for a clean edit, you should save any reactions until afterwards. Okay, I'm just like, going to hold my mouth <laughs> shut and try not to like breathe too loud. And with that, here is our theme song for The Doctor's Watcher.
Holy shit. Oh my god, nobody has ever made a piece of music for something that I've been involved with before. <laughs> I think it might be the first piece of music that I've ever commissioned before. Oh my god, that was so cool. Um, we should insert a shout out. Yeah, that was created by Circuit23, who actually happens to be my brother. I wasn't sure if we could feel that or not. He's also in our D&D game, which we talked about last time. Indeed. As long as we're, you know, just laying it out there. And he has a SoundCloud that you can find his music on, um, which I will tell you if I can locate it real quick. We'll also have a link in the show notes. I suspect we've had a link in the show notes all along, but we don't know because we haven't actually done that part yet. (laughs) Okay, yes. His SoundCloud is, as you might guess, soundcloud.com slash circuit23. That's C-I-R-C-U-I-T-2-3. And I am also just realizing that because of my poor iTunes skills, I actually played the demo version for you instead of the final, but it's pretty similar. Oh man, that's like the uh, (laughs) special edition. I don't know how we're going to edit this into the podcast, but you all may have just heard the special limited edition, you know, collector's box set version of the theme song. Indeed, I I will have used the final version for, you know, our intro and like our interstitial drops and whatnot, but... But we'll see in the moment if I decide to drop the demo or the final version in here just now. Maybe we'll insert the final version, but then we'll also leave this entire conversation here so it'll make no sense. (laughs) That is entirely possible. (laughs) Seems like something we would do. (laughs) And with that, should we get into today's episode? Yes, um, I've been looking forward to this one. I just, I want some Daleks. Lay the Daleks on me. (laughs) Dalek me up, Kyle. I'm just going (laughs) to stop right now. That's getting worse. So today we have Season 1, Episode 6, The Survivors. Uh-huh. And Benny, do you remember where we left off at the end of The Escape? So Barbara had just come out... Yeah, I do not remember because I was editing <laughs> this episode. Um, Barbara had come out of that weird room, which we realize is an elevator because she comes out in a different hallway than she went up in or down in. Um, it's unclear, I think, at this point. Um, and then a POV shot approaches her, um, and all we see is, like, this toilet plunger type thing pointing at her as she screams. Indeed. And at this point, since we are viewers in 1963 and have never seen Doctor Who before, we have no idea what to expect. We don't know what a Dalek is. We don't even know what a Dalek is. And as the survivors starts, we see the scene that Benny just described, they do seem to like to show us the last few moments of the previous episode, or the start of each episode. You know, it reminds you what happened. Right. And it saves money. But we don't get to follow up on this POV shot that's approaching Barbara immediately. Yet. We instead cut to Ian, Susan, and the Doctor, who go looking for Barbara. And they happen to hear uh, kind of intermittent 
ticking noise off in the distance. So they start to follow and investigate this noise. And Ian realizes or finds the door that that this noise is coming from, or, you know, that's containing the room that this noise is coming from. And he opens the door and goes through, and he finds a room with all this scientific equipment and stuff. Cool. It seems to be a laboratory of some sort. Cool. And he's like, oh, cool. Probably we'll find some mercury in here. <laughs> and the doctor's like, no! <laughs> <laughs> they figure that these people who lived in this city must be very intelligent, given all this cool lab equipment. Yeah. And Ian kind of pauses for a moment, and he's like, Yes, but how do they use that intelligence? Hmm. For good? Right. He or... wonders, <laughs> what do they do with it? And the doctor doesn't give a shit, whatever. He's like, Oh, is it that matters? <laughs> <laughs> Your primitive notions of morality are completely irrelevant when it comes to scientific advancement. Indeed, look at all of this beautiful measuring equipment. <laughs> Is it just like, you know, beakers and test tubes and things like bubbling on Bunsen burners? And... There's some of that, but there's also lots of just kind of metal boxes with lights and knobs. Yeah, very important to science. Indeed. So as they start to investigate this room that they found... Susan finds the ticking object, and... It does seem like something you'd want to probably right. check it on. Yeah, there are a, a number of different things that could be ticking, many of which you'd want to know about. Yes. And it turns out in this case, the ticking thing is a Geiger counter. <laughs> that, that would be on the list, yes, <laughs> of those things you mentioned that you'd want to check in on. And, of course, the needle on this Geiger counter is well past the danger point. <laughs> and the doctor sees this, and he's like, oh, yeah, cool. Yes, yes, that explains a lot of things, doesn't it? <laughs> that explains how my teeth keep falling down. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, the jungle turned to stone, the barren soil, the fact that we're not feeling well. Fascinating. <laughs> Ian's fun. like, wait, shit, do you mean that we've got radiation sickness and the doctor's like oh yeah i'm afraid so the atmosphere here is polluted with a very high level of fallout and we've been walking around in it completely unprotected and of course you know ian's just like what <laughs> luckily i have that perk from fallout 3 that lets me you know regenerate damage when i'm <laughs> highly irradiated so the doctor figures that probably there was a neutron bomb here, mm. which would have destroyed all human flesh, but left buildings and equipment and shit intact. Would also answer Barbara's question of what they used this technology for. Indeed. Was it Barbara's question? Um, no, I think it was Ian. Ian's question. Yeah. I will edit this so it sounds like I got it right. <laughs> Obviously, they're going to need some sort of treatment. Yeah. For their radiation sickness that yeah. they are now realizing they have. Well, somebody gave Barbara, I think Susan, I, I'm getting these all wrong, <laughs> but through the magic of editing, this will probably sound like I know what I'm talking about. Susan gave Barbara some sort of drink um, earlier than when she had a headache. Right. That made her feel better, which at the time, I think we were already speculating maybe for some incipient radiation poisoning that uh, Barbara may have been experiencing. I think we were starting that speculation, yeah. 
And the drink did seem to help with the headache. Yeah. I it guess. It tasted good. I remember that. Yeah. That's how you know it's uh, <laughs> from the future. Because the medicine actually tastes medicine good. medicine actually tastes good. I guess we'll have to wait and see if or how it was effective on the radiation or if it was just like purely symptomatic. <laughs> oh no, dear girl, you're still <laughs> frightfully irradiated. Turns off the light switch and everyone just glows. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they have no idea if there's any way to get treatment here in this, this dead city on this dead planet. Yes. And Susan's like, oh, obviously we'll just use the TARDIS to go to some time and place where they can treat us. Okay. And Ian's like, but don't you remember, we can't move the TARDIS until we fix the fluid link. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, oh, right, the fluid link. Yeah, about that. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> doctor says, The fluid link, yes. yes I'm, a, I'm afraid I cheated a little on that. I was determined to see the city, but everybody wanted to go on. And, uh, well, uh, to avoid arguments, uh, in short, there's uh, nothing wrong with the fluid link. Kelsey, please. <laughs> and Susan says, What? Grandfather, do you mean to say that you risk leaving the ship just to see this place? <laughs> and Ian calls him, uh, You fool! You old fool! Oh, no fool like an old fool. This leads to a moment that I had originally put as our Doctor Who is a jerk moment. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm actually upgrading it to a what-the-fuck doctor moment. What-the-fuck doctor? The doctor is like, yeah, yeah, whatever, fluid link, it's fine. Let's just get back to the ship. <laughs> and Ian's like, uh, we gotta get Barbara first. <laughs> and the doctor's like, cool, cool, you go look for her while Susan and I head back to the ship. <laughs> uh, we'll just leave you both. <laughs> right. So I'm like, what the fuck, doctor? Barbara is, like, his responsibility now. Yeah. And he's just going to leave her, and apparently Ian, too. <laughs> Probably. But Ian is prepared. He's like, yeah, whatever. I've got your fucking fluid link right here. Which he actually does oh, have the fluid link. He's not just grabbing his crotch. <laughs> <laughs> because a moment ago, when the doctor was doing the whole, oh, yeah, my bad thing... He kind of just casually handed it to Ian. <laughs> and Ian very discreetly didn't hand it back. <laughs> Good thinking. So there's a little bit more bickering back and forth. And the doctor eventually agrees to help find Barbara. Mm-hmm. And the three of them all go looking. And then we get what I guess can now be our Doctor Who is a jerk moment. Now that we've cleared up that space by upgrading that last one. Right. Uh, maybe this is a new moment. I don't know. We'll see. When they're bickering about the fluid link and finding Barbara, and Ian's like, we're wasting time. We should be looking for her right now. Susan says something about, he's right, we are wasting time. And the doctor is like, Child, if only you think as an adult sometimes. And I mean, she's literally agreeing with the other adult present in the room. So... I kind of think she is thinking like an adult. I'm not sure if the doctor would consider Ian to be thinking like an adult. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. I think that when the doctor is talking about thinking like an adult, that pretty much just means him. Himself. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, 
just because you disagree with her doesn't make her simple-minded, no. which she's also Im- implying that children are. Yes. The other thing I thought about it was, is it weird that they keep referring to her as child? Like, they literally call her child yeah. and refer to her as the child. Like, she's 15 years old, I think. Even the episode title referred to her as a child in the yeah. first episode. I mean, I guess we don't know what their species considers childhood. Yeah. But I feel like, I don't know, maybe in 1963 we would have considered a 15-year-old a child, but I don't think we would really use that term yeah, for I mean, that age anymore. I feel like when you're a teenager, like the second you hit 13, you're like, uh-uh. Right. Don't ever call me a child <laughs> again. I am now a teenager. Editor's note. I feel like I should mention that this episode was recorded before the release of The Mandalorian, which is why we don't mention the child, and the idea that in certain cultures, someone as old as 50 years old can still be considered a child, or even a baby. I now return you to your regularly scheduled Doctor's Watcher. So they leave the room, and Susan immediately screams and recoils into the Doctor's arms, which kind of makes me think maybe she is a child. I don't know. But the camera pulls back, which gives us our first ever full look at what it was that terrorized Barbara at the end of the previous episode, which is a Dalek. And in fact, there are three of them here. Nice. If you are listening to this podcast and you have somehow never seen a Dalek, <laughs> then welcome. This is Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> You should probably Google, you should probably image search them. They are these big structures. I would not have to say Google. <laughs> eh, whatever. <laughs> we shouldn't, I guess, name check too many corporate entities that aren't paying us yet. But as soon as, <laughs> soon as you sponsor this podcast, Google. So Daleks are these big structures that are probably about five feet tall, I would guess. And they're a few feet wide all the way around. They are slightly conical-shaped, wider at the bottom, and the bottom half is covered in these sort of columns of nodules. Uh And the upper half has this, like, grillwork and ventilation-type shit on it. Uh And the upper half also has the various appendages. They tend to have three different appendages. There's the toilet plunger. Uh Uh-huh. There's the weird gun thing, uh-huh. and there's, like, the eye stock camera. <laughs> and these these can all three kind of wave around to a certain extent. So, yeah, Daleks are pretty great. I said to image search them earlier, and their look does kind of change a little bit over the years. Spoiler alert, they will be back over the years. <laughs> well, are you telling me that the Doctor fights more Daleks at some point? <laughs> And then the first line ever spoken by a Dalek in Doctor Who is then spoken. Okay. And before you say it, how many of you at home think that it's going to be exterminate? (laughs) Lock in your votes now. I will probably drop a clip in here, but Benny gets to hear my impression. You listeners might or might not will see. But the line is... You will move ahead of us and follow my directions this way immediately. 
That was awesome. I'm going to leave that in. If you edit it out in the later passes, then uh, that's up to you. But I am totally going to not edit that. Maybe we'll do a comparison of mine versus the actual Dalek. You will move ahead of us and follow my directions this way immediately. So Susan and the doctor immediately follow the Dalek's directions. (laughs) <laughs> the doctor's like, sure. But Ian kind of lags behind. The Dalek is like, I said immediately. <laughs> and Ian turns and runs down a corridor to the side. So the Dalek, of course, shouts, fire! And his weird gun tube thingy flashes. Whoa, special effects. And the screen, like the viewer's like television, like our view of the action kind of flashes into negative for a few moments. Oh, cool. So there's not even like a beam or anything? No, just like our whole view just like goes negative. I'm like really into that as an effect. As yeah, like it's actually really, really cool. Effect. Um, yeah, I don't know how old our viewers are and if they know what like actual black and white film looks like. But like before you develop the film when it's in negative, uh-huh. like, yeah, that's, that's what it is. It was really neat. Uh, I thought it was a pretty powerful weapon if it can like affect how the home viewers see the the (laughs) image hey everyone this is kyle here on the doctor's watcher we don't have any sponsors at least not yet and we haven't even set up a patreon or anything but we appreciate you listening maybe we'll get around to setting up a patreon or whatever later or maybe we'll try to sell you some mattresses or meal prep kits or whatnot But in the meantime, Benny and I both have Venmos. If you really want to send us some money, let's start with you sending an email to thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com and we'll work something out. Thanks for listening. Ian falls to the ground, shouting about his legs, and the Dalek says, Your legs are paralyzed. You will recover shortly unless you force us to use our weapons again. In that case, the condition will be permanent. You two, help him. Whoa. And Ian's just like, my legs, my legs, my fucking legs. And I'm like, yeah, what the fuck did you expect, Ian? Like, he just turned and ran from these Daleks. He doesn't doesn't know that they're going to shoot him. I mean... He yeah, doesn't but even necessarily like, know that they're hostile. They're just he doesn't like, know insistent. anything about them, though. Like he's really tempting his fate there. I think, like this is the first alien planet he's ever been on. Yeah, and I don't know if some weird Dalek-looking thing started shouting at me, I'd probably just go along with it at least at first. Mm, I feel like it, it really know. comes down to what kind of alien you're up against, because. Running away usually seems like a good idea to me. (laughs) So they all get put into a detention cell, which it turns out also contains Barbara. So problem solved there. She says that she's unhurt, and she thinks that they must be miles underground. She says that she was moved around from floor to floor, always in lifts. That's English for elevators. (laughs) Thank you. And she has noticed that there's no furniture anywhere. She has kind of an interesting speculation where she wonders, Ian, do you think they are really just machines? 
And Ian says, What do you mean? Well, I was going to say, Do you think there's someone inside them? And Susan laughs, and Ian says, That's a point. We haven't any idea what's inside them. Barbara mentions that she thinks that maybe they drugged her or something because she was feeling giddy earlier, and it's kind of getting worse. And she doesn't know about the radiation yet. Ian's like, no, 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 no. That's your radiation sickness. (laughs) We're basically just fucked here. (laughs) Just FYI. And he gets her all caught up on what they discovered, and she's like, well, how fucked are we? And the doctor says... Unless we get treatment, we shall die. Yes. (laughs) Which I gotta say, that's pretty fucked. (laughs) Some bedside manner you got there, doctor. Uh Uh-huh. At this point, though, the doctor's actually pretty bad off. He's just kind of sitting against the wall, looking like shit. He's covered in sweat. He mumbles, like, even more than usual when he speaks. His eyes are half-closed. He's really not looking well. And we cut from there to the Daleks talking to each other, and they kind of helpfully provide some backstory for us. It turns out that they don't really know who our prisoners are. Are you not going to do the voices? <laughs> well, I didn't. I only do them when I have, like, actual dialogue. <laughs> okay. But yeah, it turns out the Daleks don't really know who they have captured. They keep referring to them as Thal prisoners. They comment on how the radiation is down from where it was last week, but it's still pretty high. And then they do the thing where they need to get across some information that they already know, but they need to tell the viewing audience. And so they say, as we all know... So one of the Daleks says... We know that Thals are able to live on the surface. And then the other Dalek says, And that they must have found immunity. And the, the first Dalek says, Perhaps it is a drug. Is it failing them now? Why are these four showing signs of radiation sickness? So it seems that the Daleks believe that they have captured... Thals, whatever those are. From the surface. People who live on the surface. Probably conveniently look like humans so that they can be played by humans from 1960s. (laughs) It is entirely possible. And as you recall, we did see a tentatively grasping hand in the dead planet. And that was never followed up on other than to convince, try to convince Susan that it didn't actually happen. Yeah. So the doctor gets brought into this room with the Daleks, and they start asking him about why he has radiation sickness. Where are his drugs? Did they fail? Etc., etc. Until he kind of puts two and two together in his mind, and something clicks, and he's like, oh shit, yeah, drugs. Probably that metal box of glass vials that we found outside the TARDIS in the previous episode... That was probably drugs. Oh, so it wasn't Mercury. I was wrong. So he tries to convince the Daleks that they should let one of our heroes go back to the ship to get the drugs. And he actually does get them to agree to let someone go as long as, you know, they plan on coming right back and they understand 
that the rest of them will be held responsible for their return. Mm. But before this plan's actually carried out, the doctor's like, oh, wait, hey, tell me some more backstory. And so the Dalek is like, okay, cool. And tells him that over 500 years ago, there were two races on this planet, the Daleks and the Thals. Mm-hmm. And after the Neutronic War, the Daleks retired into the city where they were protected by the machines. Mm-hmm. And the doctor asks about the Thals, and the Dalek says, Most of them perished in the war, but we know that there are survivors. They must be disgustingly mutated, but the fact that they have survived tells us that they must have a drug that preserves the life force. And the doctor says, And knowing that these mutated creatures exist outside the city, you're willing to send one of us in amongst them? (laughs) And the Dalek says, As you say yourself, all your lives depend on it. Mm. I like how he says, they must be disgustingly mutated. Uh (laughs) You know, you just sort of casually drop that into your conversation. Totally not racist or anything, you know. Just, thals are probably disgustingly mutated. So anti-mutant. Back in the cell, Ian is starting to barely be able to walk with help. But he really can't walk around on his own yet. The paralysis is still, like, very much wearing off of his legs. Mm -hmm. Barbara is feeling pretty sick from the radiation, but Susan's not terribly affected yet. I guess probably her youth Mm. is is helping her, I, I would imagine. The doctor comes back into the cell, and he tells them all about what he believes to be the anti-radiation drugs that are sitting back on the counter in the TARDIS kitchen waiting for them. Uh-huh. And we get our bad 60s feminism moment from Ian this time. The doctor, talking about the drugs, says... The people here, whoever they may be, I bet he'd have to get hold of them. Referring to the Daleks as people. Huh. And Ian says... Oh, none of us are in very good shape to go and get them. And Barbara says... And Ian says, No, it must be me. Barbara says, But you can't walk. And Ian says, No, I'll be all right in a couple of hours. So Ian is willing to make everyone just sit and wait for a couple of hours, suffering from increasingly worse radiation sickness, while he regains his ability to walk, because it must be him who goes. We get no further explanation of why, just it must be him. No comments. Yeah. yeah. Susan. Oh, sorry. Uh, maybe, yeah, okay, I do have a comment. <laughs> I lied. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, in my heart, I I love shipping. I love, you know, watching these shows and thinking about the possibilities of relationships between the characters, romance and whatnot. And, you know, I I was so excited about our barbarian moment earlier. But, yeah, I think that the 60s portion of this relationship <laughs> is going to be a little, uh, a bit of a, a dampener on, on yeah. my mood, on my excitement. Yeah, that's fair. I think it'll, it'll be really interesting to see how the series, or if the series, progresses through yeah. time. I actually haven't watched much beyond, like, the first couple seasons 
of classic Doctor Who ever. So yeah, yeah. Well, presumably it's hopefully a little it's better, better now. It is. It now does mostly day, seem to be better now. We've got a you know a woman Doctor. So yeah, that seems a step in the right direction. <laughs> but Susan chips in. And she's like, you can't go alone. I've got to come with. And Ian's like, no, 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 you stay here. And Susan's like, but you can't get into the ship. Mm. Ian's like, well, just give me the key. And Susan's like, oh, well, inside the lock, there's like 20 wrong slots and only one right slot. And if you hit the wrong one, then like basically just the whole fucking lock melts. (laughs) And I'm like, it only geez, works once. <laughs> that is a pretty intense security device. Yeah, like hope that you're not, you know, tired coming home one day. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean, you know, iPhones. You have to put the wrong password in like what ten times before it wipes the phone. Yeah, I, I always I don't know. get my like little shape that I draw on my Android phone wrong the first couple times. Yeah, I don't know if if our listeners have watched the Sherlock show that was on the BBC a few years ago but at one point he talks about like and I think this is actually from the original ACD stories Mm -hmm. but he talks about like somebody being a drunk he could tell because there's like scratches next to their keyhole and like I like I miss the keyhole on my front door like all the time whether I'm tired or drunk or high or or not it's dark outside yeah So, yeah, Ian's like, all right, whatever, I guess we'll just both have to go then. Didn't the dog say that only one person could go, though? Yeah, they did. I guess we'll find out. We'll get to that. Yeah. And it's about this point that a Dalek shows up in their their room and is like, all right, time to go. But, of course, Ian still can't even hardly walk. Yeah. So he's not ready to go. But for some reason that's never actually really clarified, the Dalek insists that, like, now is the time like we need to get this happening now i guess probably that's maybe due to how much the radiation sickness has advanced in the doctor and how it seems to be progressing in barbara as well who at this point can't really even stand up without getting nauseous so i mean okay i assume the daleks having fought the war against the um thals so I don't call them thoughts um, <laughs> against the Thals. Probably want to, you know, finish the job and wipe out the hideously mutated remnants, um, the survivors, I assume, <laughs> of the episode title. And so knowing that they have this medicine uh, to combat radiation sickness, the Daleks seem to be really interested in it. So I wonder if they want to find a way to basically sabotage the the medicine um, and like destroy its effectiveness so that the the thals all go back to being horribly sick and they all die out. That could be. That was one thing that occurred to me at the time. I think another possibility is that I'm not sure if we know this at this point or not, but the Daleks aren't able to leave the city partially because of radiation like they told the doctor earlier that like the machine they are protected by the machines in the city and whatnot so i think another possibility was that they're hoping to like to 
be able to treat themselves to oh, the same radiation. you know what? I think your theory is a better one. Because they had also talked to, like, the Daleks had talked amongst themselves about how radiation is, like, lower than it was the other day uh-huh. and whatnot. They seem concerned. Yeah. About the radiation in general. So, it you know, it turns out that we don't have time to wait for Ian's legs to get better. So Susan actually ends up having to go alone. Okay. Which she is not excited about. And but it's cool that Susan gets to do stuff. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was cool too. Like, she hasn't really gotten to do much yet, so that was neat. But, you know, she's pretty scared. Like, the Thals have been built up in our minds and in our heroes' minds as these horrible, hideous mutations. Yeah, I mean, and Susan, her only encounter with them was pretty creepy. Right. And now she's going to have to go run through a forest full of them yes. all alone. So she leaves the cell with the Dalek, and a few moments later, we cut to the Dalek reporting back to the other Daleks that she set off, and they are tracking her on their rangoscopes. I <laughs> love it. And during this conversation, it becomes clear that they're letting her go get these drugs for two reasons. Okay, here we go. One, they still believe that our heroes are Thals, and they think that she's going to contact the other Thals in the forest. And two, turns out the Daleks do want the drugs. They don't intend to let our heroes use them. They're just going to let our heroes die. (laughs) But the Daleks want the drugs. Okay. Ian and Barbara are in their cell waiting for Susan to come back, and they're talking about how much they and the doctor are being hit by the radiation. Ian's all like, yeah, an hour ago, I was thinking about escape. Now I think if they left the door open, I wouldn't even have the strength to leave if I wanted to. So they're pretty bad off. In the forest, meanwhile, some thunder and lightning starts happening. Uh And... Susan runs, and then she walks, and then she gets scared, and she starts running in a different direction, and she starts flailing her arms, and not really looking where she's going, until she shrieks and recoils, and then we cut back to Ian and Barbara and the doctor in the cell. So clearly Susan's having a great time in the forest. Yeah, and it seems like there's a recurring theme of somebody screaming and then it cuts away before we can see what it was that they saw. Yeah. Um, And as those of us who have played Fallout 4 know, whenever there's a lightning strike, the radiation goes up. That makes sense. Not sure it actually does, but I was gonna say, I don't we'll know if that's like does. real science or not, but like <laughs> from a video game slash science fiction perspective, maybe. So back in the cell, the doctor is actually doing really poorly by now. Ian and Barbara have him laid out on the bench, and they've taken off his jacket and they've unbuttoned a few buttons of his shirt because he's got a high fever. And Barbara is all, even if Susan got back like right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'd be in time. Oh, like that's that's how rough the doctor is. Barbara's also pretty weak and tired, so Ian like takes her and lays her down as well. And we barbarian shippers kind of wonder for a moment if he's going to start unbuttoning her shirt too. <laughs> okay, I still ship it, <laughs> even though I hope that uh, Ian sort of upgrades his 
feminism. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's respectful. He doesn't unbutton her shirt. He just lays her down, and then he kind of stands around for a minute, and then he doubles over in pain or nausea himself. Uh-huh. And he says to himself, hurry, Susan, hurry, Susan. Then we get a brief scene where the Daleks are discussing the prisoners. They say that the old man is dying. Mm. And another Dalek says, then he must die. There is nothing we can do. And we learn further in this scene that the rangoscopes tracked Susan as far as the jungle, Mm -hmm. but that's the extent of their range. These rangoscopes don't really have very good range, apparently. (laughs) We cut back to the jungle, where Susan is still shrieking and running, and she eventually gets back to the TARDIS, where she pulls out the key. It's like on a necklace under her shirt. She pulls out the key and opens the door to the TARDIS and rushes in and sees that metal box. So is the key, is it like some sci-fi looking thing? or is it? Just oh, no, like... no, no, no. It's just a key. Okay. <laughs> she rushes into the TARDIS and she sees that metal box patiently waiting there on the counter. And she just like chugs all three of those <laughs> things and she says, oh, I feel much better now. Yep, and then we cut back to the cell <laughs> where Barbara and the Doctor and Ian all drop dead and the credits run. <laughs> she grabs the box off the counter and she takes a moment to catch her breath but then she remembers and we the viewers hear Ian urging her to rush straight there and straight back Uh and so she hits a button on the console and the TARDIS doors swing open just as the sky outside flashes and thunder roars And we see the title next episode, The Escape. Wow, that episode went by fast. Yeah, it really did, actually. I really, it's starting to pick up, I think. Like, they're, they're learning how to tell a good story. I really want to know what happens next. <laughs> so in this, like, flash of thunder and lightning, um, do we see, like, a silhouette of some hideous, you know, grotesquely <laughs> mutated creature standing just outside the door? Or is it just, like, outside the... It's just the outside. Okay. In fact, I, if I remember right, I believe that Susan and the camera are both still inside the TARDIS, and okay. we're just, like, looking out through the open TARDIS door uh-huh. and seeing seeing flashing and hearing thunder. Okay. So we can kind of see the forest, but that's about it, really. <laughs> I guess they're calling it a jungle rather than forest. I guess a jungle is a type of forest? Yeah, I suppose. We have not been misleading you, listeners. <laughs> so that is what... The Doctor's Watcher watched. So good. <laughs> it's so good. I really love this. Uh, I love this serial. I'm glad we're doing this. Um, okay, so I had a question as we were going, um, and I kind of wanted to come back to it. Sure. So, on this planet, there were the Thals and the Daleks. 
Right. At this point, does it sound like the Daleks are from this planet? Because I feel like over the course of Doctor Who, I think I heard once that the Daleks have maybe like inconsistent backstory in terms of where they came from. I am pretty sure that's true, that they do have inconsistent backstory. But my impression was that they are actually from this planet. So yeah, I guess it's not entirely clear because the Daleks basically told the Doctor that over 500 years ago there were two races on this planet, yeah. the Daleks and the Thals, but we don't really know beyond that. Like We know yeah. they were here 500 years ago, but we don't know if they originated here or not. I, I kind of assumed... Assume yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I assumed they did, but we don't officially know yet. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how their backstory changes and mutates over the years. <laughs> we'll see how far <laughs> we make it. Indeed. And uh I love I love um yeah, I know I spent the whole like end of the last episode talking about how cool the Daleks are as a as a villain as a an alien race and stuff, but at this point we don't know um, whether there's anything inside right. the little um, shell, um, though we have already started speculating about that. I thought that was cool. Right. That was cool. Even, like talking about that. Um, yeah. And the other thing that we don't know yet is the Dalek catchphrase. <laughs> they haven't used it yet. The word which did not appear in the script of that episode at all. <laughs> At least I, I don't wonder. think it did. Let me check real quick. I'm, I'm genuinely curious, like, at what point we're going to uh, first hear the, the Daleks' excitement about exterminating something. Indeed, I am looking at the script for the episode, and they did not use the word exterminate at all. That is a word that has not yet been spoken by a Dalek. Cool. With that, I say we wrap this up and go eat some pizza. Yes. Bye, listeners. Talk to you later. Hey, Kyle here. I want to say thanks to Circuit 23 for the awesome theme song hero for us. You can check out his other music at soundcloud.com slash circuit23. And you can reach him at circuit.23. That's circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thanks to Benny for listening to me talk about Doctor Who. And thanks to all of you for listening to Benny listen to me talk about Doctor Who. You can follow us on Twitter at Doctor Watcher. And you can email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com. If you liked the show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you review your podcasts. If your rating is not five stars, save yourself the time and don't even bother. Join us again in two weeks on The Doctor's Watcher.